You're listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. Join your host, Pascal Fintoni, for what promises to be an exciting and intriguing voyage of discovery filled with advice, stories, and film marketing ideas. Thank you for tuning in. And now, on with today's episode of the Film Marketing Academy podcast. Way back on Two Geeks in a Marketing Podcast, we reviewed Flash Gordon, which of course had a soundtrack, an amazing soundtrack by rock band Queen. Today's film also has a soundtrack by rock band Queen. It's another sci-fi cult classic, and it is Highlander. Pascal, do you like this film or do you like this film? <laughs> Absolutely uh, adore this film. I adore everything, including its flaws, including, you know, what sometimes doesn't work so well. And for me, it's two things. It's the nostalgia and the memory of going to see this movie with my own pocket money. At the time when it came out in 86, I would have been um, 17. And the, the sense of pride that a French national was the big star, Christophe Lambert, as we call him where, where we're from. But also, you know, the, the storyline, which we're going to go, go into, you know, and it was such a romantic movie. It was an action movie. It was uh, on occasion uh, a sad movie. And carried up by the soundtrack and the songs from Queen is just, just a wonderful, again, contribution to the world of cinema. Yeah, now, m maybe there are people listening to the show who haven't seen this film, but I I'm suspecting that most people have, so I'm not worried as as I might be uh, for more recent films as, as to actually spoiling it. So, very briefly, you've got this character, Connor McLeod, play, play, played by Christopher Lambert, as you say, and he's the Highlander of the, of the title of the film, and he goes into battle with his brothers, and during the battle he gets stabbed right through the heart by this gigantic uh, murderous Kurgan character which is played by Clancy Brown gigantic guy and of course everybody thinks that that's the end of Connor McLeod but of course he he comes back to life because Connor is immortal and the rest of the film uh, is is in the present day but with multiple flashbacks to his time living through history so some of it is set in the highlands of scotland some of it is set in um renaissance france i think some of it's set during world war ii and then of course we've got the up-to-date scenes and, and it, it of course culminates in this great big sword fight between conor mcleod and the kurgan and Con clancy brown at the end in this special effects filled bonanza epic finale to the film but as you say it's more than just two people fighting with swords. You've also got the the heartbreaking elements of the of the the lady that he marries effectively way back in the past. Mm. And of course, he's immortal, and he gets older. And she, sorry, she gets older. He stays the same. And eventually, sadly, Heather, the, his wife, dies. And you know, that's accompanied by Queen's Who oh. Wants to Live Forever song. Honestly, Pascal, I always end up in tears during that scene. It's the combination of the way they shot it in the Highlands, you know, the fact that she's grown old and he's stayed the same, and that music in the background. On Honestly, absolutely dagger through the heart every time. 
interestingly when we um, do film marketing usually what happens I end up watching the film afterwards because I'm so excited <laughs> I did the reverse on this occasion I just couldn't resist because I absolutely love this film I watched it last night again and I was saying to Denise you know there was nobody else but Freddie Mercury that could have sang that song no. and as I'm talking to you I feel myself quite moved because it's that awful curse, you know, which is a curse really of immortality. And in fact, the reason why they are all fighting each other and we have this, you know, incredible um, centers which has carried, I think, the marketing campaign, which we'll discuss in a moment, you know, there can be only one, you know, the gift of mortality so that then you can love, then you can have children and essentially probably enjoy life uh, a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, it's a juxtaposition, isn't it? Because there are so many movies that have been made about people trying to find a way of becoming immortal. But this guy, and indeed all the immortals in the film, all they just, all they want to be is mortal. They actually want to be normal like the rest of us. And yeah, and you know, you're right, Freddie Mercury, nobody else could have sang that song. But the, the other songs in there, you know, It's a Kind of Magic, oh, yes. one of Queen's biggest hits. And and that, that line is actually used by Conor McLeod several times during the film, isn't yeah, it? When, yeah. when he comes back to life, It's a Kind of Magic. You know, it's uh, it's phenomenal. Um and, and 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 so many. I mean, I, I, thinking back to to Flash Gordon, which was the other Queen um, soundtrack film, so many quotable quotes in that film. But this one again, you know, I could recite so many lines from this film because it's so quotable. The what is interesting for me uh, as the first time viewer, you know, if I cast my mind back to 1986 when it, it was released, I think for us it was the summer of 86. It was yep. released in the spring of 86 in the US, and we'll come back to that. But I had never seen Scotland showcased in that manner. So if you must understand for me, as uh, this French teenager, I've not traveled much back then. I mean, we knew quite a bit of France and Spain and so on, but Scotland was something that uh, we knew about and we, we had some ideas about it. But when you sit in, on the big screen, and I think the director and uh, director of photography have done an amazing job to choose amazing location, which I know sometimes people say, oh, it, it plays like a tourist board, you know, kind of video clip, um, the way they've chosen on purpose some of those landmarks. But in 1980, I hadn't seen any of that. No, I mean, it was filmed at Island Doan Castle, wasn't mm -hmm. it? Which was this spectacular. It's just up the road from where I live, of course. Um, and I suppose we also ought to mention uh, Sean Connery. Yes. Sean Connery. Ironically, um, you, you've got, you, you've already <laughs> said Christopher Lambar is a um, French actor playing a Scot. And in this film, Sean Connery, who is a Scot, is actually playing a Spanish swordsman, which uh, is, a, is a bit bizarre. But obviously, uh, Conor McLeod and Ramirez, who is uh, Sean Con Connery's character, come together in the past. And Sean Connery is the other immortal, but effectively teaches Conor McLeod how to become a swordsman. Mm. And, and, and of course, they, they create, they have a fabulous relationship. But you've always got it in the back of your mind. You know, the first time I ever saw that film, I'm thinking, well, if they're heading towards this day where there can only be one, you know, one, one scenario could have been that Conor McLeod would have had to have fought sean connery for the prize at the end of the film of course that doesn't happen because the kurgan comes along and takes <laughs> sean connery's yes. head before lambert does. but I, I just always thought there was that there was that hidden subtext there but 
one of Sean Connery's best performances, I think, um, beyond James Bond. In fact, when people say Sean Connery, apart from James Bond, his role in this film is always the one that I think about. Yeah, you're right. And and what was interesting, yeah, he played the role of the mentor in screenwriting terms. It was is not actually on screen for very long, but those scenes that he, you know with uh, Christopher Lambert are just so so memorable. Uh, although I will say that on occasion, Clancy Brown pretty much steals the show. Oh, he's just the epitome of evil, isn't he? You know, uh, hello, pretty. He's got that. He's got a very um, uh, deep and, and gurgly voice because early on in the film, I think uh, uh, Connor McLeod swipes him in the neck, doesn't he? Oh, that's Ramirez. Cords. Only because I saw it last night, I can, ah, I can yeah. correct you. <laughs> okay, so Ramirez does that. Yeah, hurts, doesn't it? And um, yeah, so he's got that deep voice. But you know, one of the scenes where. They're in a church, mm. and Cla- Clancy Brown is just being totally inappropriate with the uh, <laughs> with the people in the church. But he comes across as somebody you would not want to mess with. I'd like to spend just a, a moment as well to talk about the film technique and the yeah, cinematography. Of so I did not appreciate it at the time, but this is this w- would qualify Roger as a low budget film in, uh, incredibly you know okay. in terms of the even the standards of 1986 um, but also you know the director Russell Mulcahy if that's how you pronounce his name this was his second feature film but he had a long long track record in doing music videos as well as uh, TV adverts which is also as we know the career and the journey of Ridley Scott and I think you can see that into the pace of the movie the way the camera is moving all the time you know it's rarely kind of sat on the tripod just you know, doing the usual framing but also uh, on occasion you can tell that they, they were rushed and you know this is the kind of things you can forgive because ultimately the result is so so outstanding and and the one thing that at the time I remember and to this day I still upload them are the transitions between past and present and and, and present and past the most famous one is when uh, Christopher Lombard now called Nash because, of course, every 30, 40 years he has to change his identity, being an immortal, is um, sat in his New York apartment and is just thinking through, you know, what to do next. And the camera just shifts towards the aquarium and then pans up and we end up on the lake in Scotland, you know, a few centuries prior. And that transition is essentially flawless. And, and there's many other examples like this, but that, that to me was also exciting to watch. No, there's a, there's a wipe cut as well at some point where I think he's sat in the audience in a oh, uh, a boxing yeah. match, and I think the camera starts panning down, and I, and as it pans down towards the there's this, this wooden frame around the sh- and, and and as it pans down, it, it just completely changes to the past, and you think, oh, how did they manage that in one take? That was that was very 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 clever. Uh, another word about Queen, actually, Pascal, mm. for this. Now again, you know. Fabulous songs, A Kind of Magic, um, Who Wants to Live Forever, we've talked about. Princes of the Universe was was the song that that finished the show. Um, and uh, Hammer to Fall, I think, was used in the film as well. Hammer to Fall, they famously played during their Live Aid set in 1985, which is absolutely fantastic. But I didn't realise that the soundtrack for Highlander has never, ever been released. 
There's been an EP with a couple of bits of orchestral music on, but there's never been a release of the soundtrack. Now, Queen themselves, in 1986-1987, did release an album which was called A Kind of Magic, but effectively they they included on that album remixes, and in, in, in some cases completely different mixes, of the songs that were in Highlander. But the versions of the Queen songs that they recorded for the film have never been released. You can only actually hear them by watching the film. It's it's um, actually a wonderful bit of trivia, but also shows you know what what can happen, and uh, it's almost something that needs to be corrected somehow. But of course, this year I just realised is the thirty fifth anniversary of Highlander. So yeah. if uh, I'm not, I have no doubt, you know, distributors are listening to the to the two gigs and the marketing podcast. So just let 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 you know that you should really do a formal release of of the soundtrack. Um, people w- w- would adore that. Shall we try and spend a bit of time on the marketing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably better had, haven't we? We probably better had. So, I mean, this was in 1986. I can't actually remember much of the marketing for this film, although I, I'm pretty sure that I, I understood the buzzwords in advance, like there can be only one and it's it's a kind of magic. So did they use those strap lines in the marketing campaigns? Well, I think in terms of the marketing campaign, they actually pulled together one of the best example of what a movie trailer should do and should mm. be so i would highly encourage people to go on youtube because that's where you can find all this amazing stuff and watch what would be at the time a long trailer is two and a half minutes uh, for a movie and the way in which the trailer reveals a story but actually keeps so much uh, mystery and the way in which the different characters are given equal importance. So um, you have Ramirez, you have Rachel, you have Heather, you have the Kurgan, and so on. And they have snippets of dialogue that literally says to you, this is a story that I need to discover. Of course, you have the snippets of the, the sword fight and so on. And can I just say that it's absolutely fascinating for me to observe that sword fighting uh, and the, this business of you know using swords in, in a world of cinema is, is really present all the time. Indeed, we know that the writer of the, the original kind of uh, treatment, Gregory Wilden, was inspired by Ridley Scott's um, 77 movie, The Duelist, which is about yep. those two uh, individuals who are chasing each other, not quite across time, I would say the sunny across land to essentially finish a, a duel. So the the trailer was really really well crafted, and it shows that they put the time into that. I think the posters they kept changing. So you have this beautiful one, which is almost like hand painted poster of you know the the main character during what we, we now know to be the quickening. And then you had one which was more of a promo photo of Christopher Longbird, you know, kind of wearing a brand new costume with with the kind of Highland landscape behind him which I think was usually the cover of the VHS cassette and DVD. But after that, really, Roger, it was word of mouth. But here's a thing that I discovered more recently. There was definitely a split between the marketing machine and campaign in the US and the one in Europe. The US distributors deemed the movie to be far too European Therefore, he would not work, and therefore, they didn't really bother much. They also asked for the film to be cut. So the film in the US was nearly 10 minutes shorter. Why? For example, they felt that Kurgan being rude in a church would not be right for the American audience, so they had to cut that. They felt that when our hero, Conor MacLeod, meets Rachel as a child for the first time during the Second World War, 
and is killing the Nazi you know, soldier. That was just too much. They wanted that taken out. But of course, then that makes no sense. Who is Rachel? And why is it yet a second very harsh separation for our heroes? So the US market really literally ignored um, Highlander for quite some time until he came back, of course, as a cult classic. I have some, you know, sympathy because, of course, '86 was the year of Stand by Me, Platoon, Top Gun, The Fly, Short Circuit. So there was a lot of other movies to be promoted, and I think really it was Europe and the UK that that kind of really were behind the film. Well, I'd, I mean, it showcases Scotland, obviously, as mm. we've said already. But the, you know, the vast majority of the film is set in <laughs> present-day America. So, you know, it, it's it's baffling now, looking back, to think why they would do that. And and again, to me, the church scene, you know, that is the Kurgan, isn't it? That is him being evil. And oh, for goodness' sake! And and the backstory of Rachel. The whole film is a is layered. People's people. The mortal people's lives are layers within Conor McLeod's overall life. And by cutting the layers out like they did by editing the film is just, just a monstrous, um, you know, monstrous thing to yeah, do to such a fantastic film. You can just imagine film. the American distributors saying, can you just make it more fighting, more the fighting <laughs> film? And he said, no, and, and maybe you're right. Maybe, you know, we have just, you know, a more nuanced sensitivity when it comes to storytelling in Europe and, and um, so, so be it. Interestingly, um, I mean, this movie, here we are 35 years later still talking about it with, with much passion and and really affection for, for it. The... Um, Christopher Lambert was at the Glasgow Comic Con uh, event last year, and I couldn't, okay. I couldn't, I couldn't make it. Sorry, 2019, I should I say, and he was treated like royalty, as you can well imagine. It so happens that you know when we see, um, obviously, Colin McLeod with his um, cousins and family members and clan, and when they have a battle, they use actually a lot of the local residents from Glasgow for for yes. the scenes. <laughs> yes, yeah, and there's a lot of people within that the Highlander film who have gone on to do massive mm. things like um uh, james cosmos in there somewhere he played uh, connor's brother or or he's the guy with the great big ginger beard i mean he was he's been in loads of films game of thrones as, as mm. well um and there's a lady in the background as well who's who's very young who's gone on she's called um something imri i can't remember celia celia imri, celia yes. imri. Yeah, yeah. she's been in loads of things so you know again it's lovely to be able to spot people <laughs> in films like this who effectively had bit parts i guess um who who went on to to uh you know to do bigger things and, and again interestingly you know heather very very um pretty young girl in the film uh, and i can remember that you know at the time being a, a six, 17 year old boy thinking wow heather is so pretty i I really, really like her. She actually turned up in in the BBC series Poldark. She was the right. uh, the the, the uh, serving uh, uh, the cook effectively for Poldark in in the Poldark series. So all of these people, effectively in their early years as actors, turning up in this fantastic film. Wow, Pascal, this has been a kind of magic, hasn't it? Today. <laughs> talking about this and i'm sure we could carry on for a little bit longer but it's probably time to wrap things up but seriously if you're listening to the podcast and you haven't seen highlander do please buy it rent it whatever you need to see this film uh or should also say and we won't get into it other than me saying this but the the sequel highlander 2 utter garbage so 
as far as I'm concerned, Highlander the film is it. I thought you were going to say there can only be one. There's only one Highlander. There can can only be one Highlander, Pascal. (laughs) There can only be one. So, everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode 34 of Two Geeks and a Marketing Podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure today talking about the marketing tech and the spotlights and everything, and, of course, that fantastic film. So, if you enjoyed the show, please do subscribe wherever you listen or wherever you watch. If you've got comments, leave those comments wherever you listen and wherever you watch. And if you've got suggestions for films you'd like us to talk about, do please get in touch. Until next time, go out there and make sure that your marketing is done right. I was Roger Edwards and he was Pascal Fintoni. Thank you for listening to the Film Marketing Academy podcast, the audio series dedicated to helping filmmakers create better film marketing campaigns faster. For more information about our film marketing consultancy and training services, go to filmmarketingacademy.com and book your free discovery video call. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe and follow your host on social media for more updates.